Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnicky and as always I'm here with Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins. Hello. Hey Dave, I love how your eyes said Matt. Shut be serious. <laughs> no, my, my, my eyes actually said, I'm loving this. <laughs> loving that energy. You're yes, bringing. bring yeah. that in. Some laughs. <laughs> I'm living, I'm laughing, I'm loving. Oh, okay. You're living for you. Yes. You're laughing at Dave. Yes. You're loving me? Yes. <laughs> Some for everyone here. And I'm lamenting, sharing, all of that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel enough. too vulnerable now. Yeah, I'm going to lord that over you. <laughs> Remember that time you loved me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, would I blow anyone's mind if I told you that this is the last episode for the year? That would not Whoa. blow my mind, Dave, because I told you that. <laughs> Hang on, Matt. Did you Whoa. hear just say that? <laughs> I mean, yeah, for the point of this conversation, no. No. Wow. Um, exciting, isn't it? Another year under our belts, Honestly, eh? Honestly, 2021, though. Can I, fuck right off, can't it? Because people said 2020, what a great year. And I'm like, well, 2021 said, hold my beer, and it was even better. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so you think we're on an upwards trajectory? Yeah. Yeah. I think we're going upwards to the sky. Yeah, when I say baby. when I say can fuck right off, I just mean because I'm so exhausted from all the fun yeah. I've had. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Give me a restful year. Oh, my God, the travel I've done. <laughs> it just, I haven't stopped. I've barely been home. <laughs> Couch to the kitchen, back again. Oh, back Oof. again, into the study, going, what did I come in here for? Yeah. And then I leave, and then five minutes later, I go, oh, I still get the stapler. <laughs> and then I go, what do I need a stapler for? And on and on it goes. Um, you walk into the study, you're like, oh, I need my passport to go in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of fun. It's fun to be in that in that little nook between Christmas and New Year. Oh, my God. What a time. What it's a, a time. It's a beautiful time. It's a very chilled out time. Feels luxurious. Doesn't it? Like we just got 
endless space and time. You're still in a bit of a food coma from Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but you're gearing up for a big New Year's. Oh. I know you love to party on a New Year's, man. Yeah. you. Well, well what, what about me? I party. Yeah, the countdown. The countdown at midnight's a countdown to me starting to party. Yeah, Dave. That's some people say that as the end of the night. Dave is a big boy and he stays up for the children's fireworks at <laughs> yeah. 9 p.m. And, and then. then <laughs> oh, straight to bed. My goodness. <laughs> it's it, too much. It is. It's too exciting. Too much excitement for the we little We cut fella. the crusts off his bread and <laughs> yeah. then he just... <laughs> off he, he goes. Yeah, he gets a bit over... What am I saying? Over... Stimulated. Stimulated, It's the one you. night of the year we let him have a little bit of red cordial. <laughs> Very diluted, but um, A couple of red it. frogs. <sighs> Always ends in tears. It does, but he loves it. Love to start the new year in tears. <laughs> Happy oh, yeah. New Year. I hate the idea that... Um, Happy uh, New Tears. Oh, maybe that's been my problem all along. You know how people say, like, what you're doing at... Midnight on New Year's is sort of it like sets the tone for your year. I'm just always tired because <laughs> it's late. Maybe that's why I'm always tired. What a funny tone to set. Yeah. Sort of like feeling a little disappointed. It's always a letdown. <laughs> um, what are we here to do today? Something a little different, I think. Well, really? if, if you want, I can explain how this show works for any new listeners. Please. Because no doubt it's some fantastic topic and we've uh, got a few new listeners in today. The way it works is one of the three of us... Uh, uh, reports on a topic we've gone away we've researched it usually based on a listener suggestion and then we come back and we do sort of like a little school report almost like like a, you know high school oral presentation mm. only the class are a couple of absolute douchebags <laughs> who will not shut up <laughs> right. and stop interrupting oh if it was real life we'd be straight to detention yeah, yeah. Go to the Mr. Belding's office right here. Tell that crusty old Mr. Dean. Mr. Belding. Yeah, a little Save by the Bell reference there. Screech is there. Belding. <gasps> oh, my God. Belding. <gasps> he, he always remembers the ding. Like what? a bell goes ding. That's right. That show had so many le- levels. <laughs> we always uh, start the report with a question. The other two don't know what the topic is. Jess, you're doing the report this week. Do you have a question? Yes, I wrote it just before. And the question is, what was reportedly stolen from Dublin Castle on the 6th of July, 1907? Stone of Scone. It's not the Stone of Scone. <gasps> stone in some ways. The drawbridge. Not the drawbridge. That's no. like you'd be a stuck tablet? inside. Some sort of tablet? A like tablet? No. Maybe the... Uh, uh, the like an Last I- Crusade. No, an what's I- that thing they're looking for? iPad Mini. iPad Mini. That's it. <laughs> it was not. It was a full size iPad, actually. Oh, okay. So close. A pro. Now, what could be stolen from a castle? Oh, a throne of stone. What, what's like? Yeah, think of like the really crown, the, crown uh, jewels. Yes. <laughs> the scepter. No, the crown jewels. The crown jewels. <laughs> <laughs> but, but is it the scepter? <laughs> It is not a scepter, unfortunately. The Irish crown jewels. Correct. Ooh. Correct. Exciting. So this has been suggested by uh, four people. Vinnie Policastro, Jen B, Bree, and Victor Gomino de Manuel. Oh, you saved the best for last there, name-wise. I mean, the others they're understand. All, they're all fantastic. The others understand, yeah. though. But they it understand. did feel like Jen B would... gets it. <laughs> the way that read was like a bit of a short, uh, like a poem. Can you read them again, just quickly? No. <laughs> uh, mostly because I've definitely butchered the pronunciation of a few of them. Gen uh, B. Gen B. <laughs> Am I saying that right? Did I do it? Gen B what? Gen B Bree. 
um, Bree's the next one. Anyway, so the story became famous as the theft of the Irish crown jewels, but they weren't actually referred to as such prior to their disappearance. Oh, was it like uh, the Irish chamber pot before that? It was the Irish chamber (laughs) pot. They decided to sort of jazz it up a bit. There's a really, really great article. It's like when they're talking to the insurance company. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, no, 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 not chamber. Chamber pot's what we call it. It's actually crown jewels. Um, really expensive and important. Yeah. It's worth several hundred Priceless. So. Rubies yep. and the blue one yep, 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 and yep, the yep, green yep. one. It, it definitely wasn't something that we shat, on, shat in the middle of the night. No, no, no. No, 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 no. It was very precious. Um, there's a really great article written um, on Atlas Obscura. I'll um, link it in the show notes, but I refer to it quite a bit. It's really great. It's written by Dan Nosowitz. Oh, what a man. Dan the man. Dan the man. And Dan writes, the Irish crown jewels were an insignia of the most illustrious order of St. Patrick, the most important chivalric order in Ireland. They were worn by the most important person in the order, which was usually the sovereign, at the order's most important ceremonies. Are you getting the word important coming yeah, up a fair bit this here? this feels important. It was a members-only club founded in 1783 with the English sovereign as its head, and it was made up of the highest-ranking members of the Irish aristocracy. The jewels that were stolen were two heavily jeweled items. There was a star that was, how specific is this? Four and five eighths by four and a quarter inches, consisting of eight points. So four big points and then four smaller ones in front of it. Um, and in the center was a cross of rubies and a trefoil. I didn't look up how to say that word, but of emeralds. It's like a three. It's almost like a Mickey Mouse. It's like a three. <laughs> it's a three. What am I trying to say here? So it's it like, sounds like a three-leaf clover. Yeah, it, yes, exactly right. Yeah. Surrounded by a sky blue enamel circle with words. Quiz Sabarat. <laughs> Disneyland. <laughs> TM. <laughs> Property of Walt. It says, Quiz Sabarat M-D-C-C-L-X-X-X-I-I-I. Oh, kisses. I got the kisses there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a lot of those, yeah, those years are in Roman numerals. It's just like... Yeah. Too 2000 many. and kiss, kiss, kiss. <laughs> like, just fucking use numbers. Yeah. What's wrong with them? What is going on? Uh, no, These are got... letters. They're for words. Oh, my God. Here's are numbers. Don't get me started on algebra. <laughs> um, so that was one of them. It was a star. The other one was like an oval-shaped badge. It was set in silver, again, containing that... Um, clover in emeralds on a ruby cross and had the same um, uh, saying the same and what was that saying quisabarabit <laughs> m-d-c-c-l-x-x-x-i-i-i do you have any idea what that means it just sounds like you're summoning a demon I did read it at some point Mickey Mouse <laughs> it was the what's the word I'm looking for like the Latin like motto? a it was like the motto yeah fortius no forteus Quo fidel, Fidelius. Yes. Meaning? Uh, strength through loyalty. It's the St. Kilda Football Club motto. In brackets, shove this up your ass. <laughs> yeah. What? As was Ecclesiae Filiae. Daughters of the church. Oh, that's school motto. That's a school motto. Fortius. Am I saying that right? Fortius Quo Fidelius. I remember on an earlier episode I once said, and I'd always pronounce it this way, Fortius Quo Fidelius. And I got a message from someone saying, that is not right. <laughs> That is not how you say that in a dead language. <laughs> Do they write it in Latin? The letter? You had to Google Translate it. I remember one time, uh, apparently my old man had to like 
when he went to church as a kid, they had to know how to say the mass in Latin. Mm. And I was an altar boy. I don't know if I've told you this before. Uh, but Checks I out. did not really enjoy it and uh, tried to quit. And they sort of wouldn't take no for an answer. Then they called the house. Dad's talking to the, like the person who organizes them all. And I'm like, Dad, can you get me out of this sort of thing? And it, the whole family sitting around the table and he's having this loud conversation in the kitchen trying to be like, oh, you know, I was an older boy as a kid as well. I understand all this, but he really doesn't want to do it anymore. And he, and he goes, you know, I used to say the lass in Matin. And he didn't realise he'd sort of spoonerised it. And we're pissing ourselves and he's trying to sound all, um, you know, intelligent and stuff. And we, it's, well, it's such a funny thing. We gave him shit about that for so long. Oh, you probably... Well, Even you, though he's in there. You, uh, you were doing the last in Matin. Well, he came back and said, yeah, you'll be there Sunday again. <laughs> <laughs> if he came back with the goods, maybe you wouldn't have copped the shit about it. So how, how much longer before you, you... You are taking no for an answer? <clears throat> okay. Okay, then. How much longer before you were out? Uh, I can't remember. I remember at one point there was a deal made that I could stop going to church if I joined the tennis team. And I'm like, I will join that team. <laughs> that is a good deal. Yeah. That's I played so tennis funny. at the same time. It's also, yeah, it's very funny, like, giving your parents shit for stuff and it's like... I was helping you. Yeah, I was helping you and it was How just like a slip I, of the tongue. I taught you to talk. You couldn't say anything. <laughs> and now I say one thing a bit muddled and, oh, talk of the town. Uh, I'm like 12 year old going, oh, Dad, oh, you Dad. said that funny. Yeah, you can't even. <laughs> you big square head. Or some, some sort of real big 12-year-old slur like that. Yeah. Oh, you, you dingus. What a slur. <laughs> you thought you were having roast chicken for dinner, but you roasted him <laughs> that night. <laughs> roast dad. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's the two jewels that have been stolen. It, they sound majestic. They're very, yeah, they're, they're something special. There's a lot going on. They sound gaudy. There's a lot going on in this entire story. Okay. In the early 1900s, the jewels mostly stayed locked in a safe at a jeweler's in Dublin. That jeweller had been the official watchmaker for Queen Victoria. Bevels. And had, <laughs> please, Michael Hill. <laughs> and had tight security in place to protect the precious items they were trusted with. If the king, queen, or their representatives were visiting Ireland and wanted to wear the jewels, they would be moved to a safe... <laughs> That's just so funny. I request to wear the jewels. I'm stopping in. Can you get the jewels yeah, ready? Yeah, get the jewels I'm out. i chuck them on for a bit. Yeah, well, they like they would. They'd be like, "I'm gonna, hello, I'm gonna need my jewels, please." They would be moved <laughs> to a safe that oh, sat in hello. Dublin Castle. Sorry, sir, can you just fill out this uh, sixteen-page form? Show me some ID, and no, then uh... I'm the king. Does the queen? The queen doesn't have like a passport. Yeah, that's right. Isn't no that passport crazy? needed. Just the queen. Faces a passport. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine asking the queen for ID. Sorry, young lady, I don't know if I'm able to serve you alcohol. <laughs> I'm 95. My well. face is on the money. <laughs> That's how she sounds. So they'd be moved to a safe that sat in Dublin Castle, an ancient complex that then served as the seat of the government in Ireland. Um, the castle was full of military and police, serving as the headquarters for the Dublin Metropolitan Police. And the safe that held the jewels only had two keys. These keys were held by a man named Arthur Vickers. Arthur Vickers was the Ulster King of Arms. How good is that title? Yeah. It's the highest of three levels of officers of arms and they usually enjoy uh, jurisdiction over a geographical area. So Dan Nosowitz explains it here. He says, 
This put him in charge of the rules and regulations regarding heraldry and family trees, a very important position in early 20th century Ireland. He was the arbiter of inheritance. Uh, Most land, power and wealth were vested in the hands of the aristocracy, says William Durnham, a curator at Dublin Castle. And the question of who was the legitimate heir to an estate and a title carried with it the question of who would inherit a great deal of money. Because, you know, back then it was like your title... You inherited a title from your dad and with that came like a position in government. Right, yeah. Good system. Yeah, Makes a lot of sense. it does, doesn't well, it? Well, obviously you'd be passing on to your children um, your titles from Sealand. Yes, that's right. Of course. So. Lord and Lady of Sealand. We're my, pretty important people. My son is going to have to take um, the name Lady Jessica Perkins. <laughs> oh, Jess's deed is right there. Yeah, sitting behind Dave there. Mine's also out on display in a cupboard. Um, <laughs> I just have to find the right spot for it. That's yeah, all. thank you. Yeah. Are you going to pass on master to your children? <laughs> Do your cards still say master? Uh, one of them does, yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dave's bank card. Still says still master. Says You're master. 31. 31 years old and uh, I even wrote to them once and said, oh, can I get a new card that says Mr? And they said, no worries. We'll cancel that card. Then they sent out a new one that still said master. <laughs> so it's only one letter that. off. Maybe they thought you were saying master. So what, does it, does it say, what does it even say for master? MSTR. No way. Which is fantastic. Uh, so they sent out a new card and all I got was the privilege of having to update my uh, auto debits. Yeah, that's fine. So thank you. That's really fun. MSTR could be Mr. It could be. But then I've also got other cards that say MR. What's that mean? Surgeon. Mur. Surgeon. <laughs> exactly. That's one of, one of the gifts they gave to Jesus. I've gone Mur. one Mur. I've gone one beyond doctor. <laughs> it's very funny that surgeons insist on being Mr. Um, they insist on they it. They insist on it. <laughs> doctor, Mr. Please. So, yeah, they... Um, My father was a surgeon. <laughs> he had a... Vickers had this important job... Um, and from his spacious office in Dublin Castle, he was well-paid, well-respected and passionate about heraldic history and genealogy. Now, what's heraldic? Fuck if I know. Um, people, it's Harold's. People named Harold. People named Harold's. No, Love it's them. like Harold. So it's like, it's a bit like genealogy. I think it's sort of like, it's, it's, I think that idea of like the titles moving down. Right. Your origin, stuff like that. In, in, in two words, absolute wank. Yeah, big old pile of wank. Absolute. The real wank fest. The real wank fest. And I can imagine that he's also open to corruption. No, 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 no. Give the title to me. All right. Yeah, maybe. But he takes it very seriously. Is that, is that what corruption is to you? Someone going, come on. Come and then on. going, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ugh, he's also easily corrupted. <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, corruption these days. Hey, hey, take this bribe. All right. Okay, what do I have to do for it? Nothing, just take it. Okay. So Arthur Vickers, he was 45 years old and in the summer of 1907, he was going to have a very bad day at work. Oh, 1907. Yes. Gotcha. So as I mentioned, the safe that held the jewels had two keys. Vickers, almost universally described as a pedant and nitpicker, wore one on a chain around his neck or in his pocket at all times. (laughs) The other one? Around his cock. (laughs) (laughs) Come and get it. <laughs> okay. What are you going to do? What are you going to do about it? What are you going to do? They try to get the one around his neck. He swallows that and says, you want to know where the other one, one is? One left. <laughs> so is it the same key twice or is yeah. it one of those 
need to lock them both at the same time. No, I, I thought that and that was very cool, but no, it's the same key twice. He's just oh. got like the spare. When right. you put them both in and say turn uh, turn on three, one, two, three, and yeah. they're both turned, that's so cool. That's the dream. Um, when we have a new office at Stupid Old Studios, which will happen in a couple of months, can we have a lock on our door that is like that? Yeah. I'd love that. But we three can't, locks. We can't enter alone at any time. <laughs> we have to wait out the front for the other two to arrive. Guys, come on. Mesa's filling in for one of us. Nah. It's like, well, no recording today. Can't record. So thanks for filling in. But um, <laughs> unless you want to like, I don't know, do some admin. Nice to catch up. <laughs> no, the other key was not around his her penis, David. The other one was hid in his home in Dublin. Which is what he called his butt. <laughs> His home? My home. <laughs> uh, Sorry to take the episode so blue so early. Sorry, everyone. It's very gentle blue, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's a gentle blue. It's like a sky it's blue. It's like a soft blue. Baby, a baby blue. blue. <laughs> the castle was considered one of the most impregnable, well-defended and heavily observed buildings in Ireland. Also oh. what he called his butt. Impregnable. In the butt, no babies. <laughs> Something he would say. He would say, no. Not me. Not you. Love that it's like, it is. Don't look at me like oh, I'm saying that. It is an impregnable system. I keep the key somewhere in my house. It's yeah. under some papers. <laughs> I've got one. There's another one somewhere. Somewhere. If they get either of those, they'll be able to get it. Yeah. Impregnable. Impregnable. Um, from the New York Times in 1907, Bedford Tower, which I'll, it'll come up again in a sec, is the one building in the castle into which the most enterprising burglar would find it hopeless to effect an entrance unobserved. That's real 1907 language. Mm. I love it. King Edward VII, Queen Alexander and Princess Victoria were due to visit on July 10 to make an appearance at the Irish International Exhibition, a grand world fair that ran from May to November, and perform some various royal duties while they're at it. Dan Nosowitz writes... The political relationship between Ireland and Great Britain was fraught with a rising tide of Irish nationalism competing with unionists who wanted to remain loyal to the crown. There had already been debate about how Irish or British the international exhibition should be. There were separate pavilions for Ireland and Great Britain and the Irish War of Independence would erupt just over a decade later. So things are tense. On top of that, the king's nephew, Kaiser Wilhelm II of Prussia, had just months before endured a massive political scandal, which I'll talk more about later as well. Ooh. a little sizzle. King Edward was sensitive to controversy. He needed this visit to go smoothly. Now, could... It did not. <laughs> now, Edward, who, who's he to the current queen? Um, grandfather? That's or her grandfather, yeah. right? Because Edward VIII is the son that abdicated. Right. Then George the Fifth, I think so. George VI. Played by... Uh, Colin Firth, Firth, yes. In King's Speech. And then Lizzie. Right. I think that's right. I think so, yeah. I'd so he was the bearded one. That's Edward, right? I don't know. Oh, I tried to look into it. It's, it is hard to sort of... It's a pretty messy one. family family tree, you know what I mean? Oh There's so God. many of them. But think about how much messier it would have been if Queen Elizabeth II hadn't been around for so, so long. Yeah, that's Or if right. they didn't inbreed. Because that, I mean, it's not as complicated as most people's family trees, is it? True. And they have a lot of the same names. Right. So, like, there was a Princess Victoria just then. Oh, and I yeah. was like, oh, is that the Queen Victoria? No. Queen Victoria was King Edward's mum, I think. Right. It's fu- it's please a- don't yell at your iPods. Please about don't. Please. I'm doing my best. We're, <laughs> We're in a hot room. We're trying. We're in the middle of summer. 
Okay. We're doing our best. I'm drinking a large milk. Such a bad <laughs> I've been forced to drink this milk. <laughs> for the podcast. I'm drinking milk for the podcast. So we need to go back a few years to set a bit of context as well. So... In 1901, six years earlier, the office of Ulster King of Arms was moved deeper within Dublin Castle, from Birmingham Tower to Bedford Tower. Vickers suggested he get an apartment in the new building, with free rent, obviously, and also that the safe should be housed in a strong room, which is a fireproof, burglar-proof room in which valuables are kept. The Board of Works at Dublin Castle rejected the apartment idea, but did agree that a strong <laughs> a strong room was a good idea. He's like, I should probably um, live here for free. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Shouldn't you give me an apartment with that for free? <laughs> Maybe like with a cinema room and, you know, for the safety Humble. of the... For safety of the films. Yeah. Don't you think? Don't you think? Don't you guys think? Hey, guys, don't you think? Don't you think? Just a free apartment. This actually wasn't my idea. It was just something I thought would be good for the country. Good for the country. Good for the arms that I'm in charge of. Yeah. I got a lot of work to do. Be good to be close, you know. Reduce my my commute, but so they're like, um, no. But a strong room is a great idea. Let's do that. Love that. There, there is a slight fact check I've got to give myself here. Please. Uh, We're talking about Edward the Seventh. Yes. Who is the son of Queen Victoria or the heir to Queen Victoria? Then after him, it's George the Fifth. He's the bearded one. Then it goes uh, Edward the Eighth, who abdicated. Then George the Sixth, who is Queen Elizabeth's. Dad. That's what you said. I think I might have skipped over George V. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Easy to do. Sorry about that, everyone. He's the bearded one, right? Dave. <laughs> Dave, don't apologize. Are you fucking looking up now who's bearded? <laughs> They're all bearded at some point. They are both bearded, Matt. So They're don't, bearded. Don't waste Thank your time. God. Thank God. <laughs> the only one without a beard, Queen Elizabeth II. Well, Actually, yet. that's not true. Oh, yeah, exactly. She's got time. She's got time to grow a beard. Imagine if she just did like a full fashion Don't revamp. You I would love limit so her. Much. I would love if she just like shaved half her head. That'd be sick. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Yeah. Just started wearing really bold glasses, like a very cool frame. Oh man, that'd be cool. Lots of bright colours. She just went like full eccentric old lady. I would love She's that like, so much. Hell yeah. Just wearing Bono style glasses. Yes. <laughs> the fly. <laughs> she dresses the fly. Or cream. Cream. <laughs> I'm cream. <laughs> Irish listeners tuning in will be so furious. stoked to hear. Oh, f- furious! What? Oh no, they love talking Bono. about their their patron saint. God, they love Bono so much. Remember when he drove the rats out of Ireland? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're like, yes, a strong room's a great idea. It would be handy for other valuables and manuscripts. All sorts of stuff can be stored in the strong room. Fantastic. Let's do that. So they went about building one in Bedford Tower. And when they went to move the safe in, they realized that an error had been made. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, it didn't fit through the door. Correct. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Measurements were all off. The safe would not fit through the door. Oh, happened with my fringe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. They, They measured it incorrectly. The process had already taken ages and it was too much paperwork. <laughs> it's taken ages. It's taken so long. It was a lot of paperwork and effort to fix the problem right away. So they opted to place the safe in the library and have a sentry guard it. So now they've got a strong room with nothing in it. A strong room with other stuff in it, but not these crown jewels. So the safe was going to go in the strong room. So it's like double s- double security. That's very funny. And But then the safe would not fit in. So they've just put that in the library and they said just have somebody watch it. <laughs> Have somebody keep an eye on Oi, that safe. Terry, stand in front of that Terry, for me. Terry, go stand. Well, Terry stand close to it. <laughs> centurion. Now, what? what is that? I didn't picturing say that. Picturing like a, a guy with a, like a broom on the top of his head? Yes. Like the old Roman guy? Is that what we're talking about? It's a sentry. 
Yep. And it's just a guard. Oh, 100 years, yep. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> so this is a temporary so move. What? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing, I love you. This is a temporary move, obviously, just until they could figure out the best way to get the safe through the door. And it was totally not going to still be sitting in the library six years later. Yeah. Oh, no. That's a weird thing to say then, but okay. Besides, the safe was burglar-proof. Or so wrote the chairman of the board of works. So they're like, it's fine. Just leave it in the library. It's all good. So in 1905, Vickers wrote some revised statutes for his office, which included stipulations that the jewels must be kept in a safe, which must be kept in a strong room. A few different writers talk about how Vickers really seemed to dislike this part of his job, like being in charge of the jewels. Didn't really... um, So it didn't happen, though, in terms of the safe being moved it wasn't moved from the library he like we're not i'm not gonna get my private residence then why yeah. are you gonna get your fucking it private safe feel like a, a permanently stressful thing to yeah. always be you know the last one responsible for this yeah. precious thing really really important precious thing, thing that's basically pointless because someone wears it what once every three years yeah. who cares yeah, exactly <laughs> you um, can't even look at it it's in a safe and then they want to put it behind another door well, the safe is um, still in the library, but when I say library, the library also kind of served as a waiting room for Vicar's office, meaning people were coming and going all day. There's a pile of new ideas from <laughs> years ago in there. <laughs> the yeah. fish tank. There's a steady stream of visitors in the exact space that some incredibly precious jewels are being kept. The library also apparently had several doors, none of which were guarded, and the position that the sentry was placed in means he couldn't actually see the safe at all times. <laughs> oh, not an ideal spot. He was I facing the him, wall. <laughs> would have had him sitting on it. Yeah, that's good. And he'd be heavy. Yeah. Yeah, whilst like with like a baseball bat in hand. Yeah. yeah. Just clubbing it. Tapping it, yeah. That's good. I wouldn't steal. Come and get it. Yeah. That's anyone walked in, he'd say, come and get come it. They'd and get say, it. I'm actually here to see Vickers. Yeah. Oh, go in there then. I'm actually here to just get a book from this library. Okay. Well, well, come and get it then. Come and get it. Come and get that book. <laughs> just okay, can you stop threatening me with that bat? I'm just getting a book. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah, yeah, get a book. Get See it. how you go. And then he just flinches at him. And yeah. you're like, ah. <laughs> he's like, ah, I'm just fucking with you. I'm bored. So, I'm, I'm real. I'm bored. Nobody comes down this aisle. It's <laughs> yeah, boring nah, over you're here. Right. Yeah, you're no one comes down here and anyone who does, I bully them. Go a book. Go on. Go on, get it. Get yeah. Hey, get two books. Yeah. How many books do you want? As many as you can carry, I bet. How many books can you carry? I can carry eight. <laughs> <laughs> I've okay. been practicing. <laughs> He's very bored. <laughs> the nights are so long. They have not been relieving him. He is trapped there. <laughs> so we come to the summer of 1907. A series of odd incidents happened, but they were all ignored, thought to be nothing major, until much later. On June 28th, Vickers gets to the front door of Bedford Tower, only to realise his key to the front door is missing. What? A guard lets him in, obviously knowing who he is, and Vickers thinks very little of it. He's like, ah, I forgot my key. (laughs) That doesn't sound like Vickers to me. No. July 3rd, a staff member named Mrs. Farrell found the front door to Bedford Tower was unlocked when she arrived. And on July 6th, Mrs. Farrell found that the outer door to the strong room was unlocked. It had like two doors. The outer door's unlocked. Inner door was still locked, but the key was still sitting in the lock on a key ring with other keys. So a key is in there. It'd be quite easy to get in. Yeah. That seems pretty obviously sus. Yeah. She told a sentry whose name was Stivey. It's a good name. Who looked around the strong room but found nothing amiss. Later that same day, on July 6th, a messenger from the jewellers arrived. They'd been doing alterations to one of the gold collars used by a member of the Order of St. Patrick, which was stored with the rest of the crown jewels. Vickers was busy with his work and he handed Stivey a key and told him to go down to the library and place the collar in the safe. 
Starvey placed the key in the lock and was confounded. The key would not turn the direction he expected it to. He turned the key the other way and tried the handle. The safe wouldn't open. It was locked. Realisation came to him. <laughs> this is Dan Nosowitz again. If turning the key that way had locked the safe, then that must mean that before he arrived... <laughs> dun, dun, dun. He ran back to Vicar's office and told him that the safe had been unlocked when he got to it. Together they rushed to the library, opened the safe and discovered that everything was gone. Oh. How long was he gone for? Sounded a bit sus, this guy. Stivey. It was, it was unlocked when I got to it. Why have you been gone for three days? <laughs> <laughs> What's that in your back pocket? I got Some lost. sort of star? Nothing. No, no, that's a star I already had. <laughs> yeah, I already had that. I already had the Went to Disneyland. Mickey Mouse Europe diamond. Already, so. That's fine. Vickers immediately called the police, and it was found that the front door of the tower, the strong room door, and the safe had not been forced open. Either the locks had been opened by professional copies, or someone had the original keys. They said, like, if somebody had sort of hastily made a copy of the key, there would be certain marks on the lock that would sort of indicate a key that didn't quite fit. There was none of that. So they're like, these are professional copies that have taken, you know, a while to make or they've got the original keys somehow. Mm. Right. And the cops, you were saying, are in the castle already. So yeah. they got there pretty quick. Yeah. I had to, as it said, Vickers immediately called the police and I had to Google like, when were phones around? <laughs> 1907, do they have phones? I think so, yeah. So... <laughs> Me, that was just me, a, me, me. That's a little bit of my own fact-checking there. That's good fact-checking. I was like, hang on a second. Oh, yeah, they had phones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they texted the cops. Yeah. <laughs> Sent out an MMS. They Skyped them. Of a, an open safe <laughs> with a question mark. What the fuck? <laughs> WTF. And an emoji shock face. <laughs> but so they like, okay, it's a professional copy or someone has the original keys. But from all accounts, all the keys were accounted for. Dublin police investigation quickly dried up, so they called in the big guns. Right, so they found all the keys, the one around his neck and around his... Pinus. Oh, wow. <laughs> We're both still there. Imagine that him looking down. Oh, I didn't notice it had gone. Oh, oh, hello. Oh, oh. 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 oh, look at you down there. Oh, have a quick look. Yep, still there. Everything's oh. still in order. Oh, how's oh, <laughs> your father? Oh, oh. there you go. I'll uh, see you later. <laughs> you talking to your penis? No, no, he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's not <laughs> me, Jess. That's not something you would do. That would be odd. So Scotland Yard gets called. Inspector John Kane arrived on July 12th. And it's not very clear how long he investigated for, but when he was done, he sent a report to the Dublin police identifying the person he believed to have committed the theft. Kane's report was roundly rejected by Dublin police and Kane and his team were sent back to London immediately. The, the report has <laughs> never weird. been released. Oh, right. So it, d- it just said the name of his enemy and they were like, no. No, it said that um, it's been suppressed. That's funny. So he's he's accused someone important and they've gone, nah, <laughs> you, no one can see this. He just wrote... That seems dodgy AF. Yeah. He just wrote the king on a piece of paper and yeah. handed it over. Whoa. Whoa. Well, newspapers speculated that this was a cover-up. Kane had found too much and was convinced it was an inside job. 
and this is um, from an article in Irish Times, what quickly became apparent after the initial discovery of the jewels' absence was that their theft had taken place sometime earlier, possibly even weeks before, but no one had noticed. It seems the thieves were so keen to have their work discovered that they had returned more than once in order to leave behind successive, more obvious clues that a break-in had occurred. <laughs> so it's like they stole it, nothing happened, and they're like... Oh, so it was a protest. They want, they were doing this to be seen, not Potentially. Because it would be hard to sell a crown jewels, I imagine. Yeah, so those events that I'd mentioned before where like a door was open or a key was missing, they were probably because the thief came back to get them to actually check to yeah. realise the jewels were gone, and they still didn't. They kept coming back going... Did I actually steal the jewels? Let me yeah. go and have a look at you. No, still not there. Still not there. I definitely, <laughs> so I definitely and check my pocket. Yes, yep. definitely still got them on me. Walking around here. I'm wearing the jewels <laughs> and nobody's noticed anything. <laughs> so the crown, what are, a crown jewels something that just sits on top of a crown? Or nah, is it it's is just a crown? Like, it's, it's the jewels that belong to the crown. Right, so it's like, like a necklace, not literal hat crown. No, so this one's... Not the royal hat. The no. Crown, but the crown is in the position of... Correct. Or whatever. Yeah. The, the family. Right. That's funny. I never put that together before. Yeah. I crown know. jewels, I just assume, were the jewels on the crown. Yeah. This one was for, like, you know, that long-named order. I wish I could hear or, and see people going, <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> oh, Matt. <laughs> so naive. Everyone knows about crown jewels. Everyone. Well, if that is you. Yeah. Lean into your iPod <laughs> right now because this is a message for you and you alone. Fuck off. <laughs> Fuck right off. I'm sorry. I've been busy getting on with my life. I don't have time to sit around thinking about you and your crown jewels and all this bloody nonsense. Okay? I'm out here in the real world. So, yeah, that's for you. <laughs> so, some people, as I mentioned before, thought it was an inside job. Vickers denied that anyone on his staff would do such a thing and staunchly denied having anything to do with it himself. I hope he says something like, frankly, I'm offended by the yeah. insinuation. <laughs> what are you saying, Poirot? <laughs> yeah. So he always gets so offended at the What end. are you saying? Uh, William Durnham, the curator from Dublin Castle, says, politically it was a huge embarrassment. These things were emblematic of British rule in Ireland. So their loss became symbolic of the disappearance of the British reigns of Ireland. So it was a big deal. So that's why it feels like maybe it's some uh, independence-seeking Irish people. Potentially, yep. There's Rather lots of different than some treasure-seeking Irish people. Yes. There's lots of different theories. Some um, sort of pirates. Land pirates. Land pirates. Yeah, I got me some crown jewels there. I'll bury me treasure under an XR. <laughs> an XR. An XR, yeah. Wow. XR, okay. which is uh, one of the real. early Falcons. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's an XV. <laughs> Fuck. That's embarrassing, Dave. Oh, my God. Um, did you can I just say, just <clears throat> there's probably a few people that are annoyed right now, and if that's you, just lean into your <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, just a blanket rule. If at any point you're annoyed, just lean in and just know we are doing our best, and we are just three people going about our lives. And if you don't like that and like the work we put into this, then fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. We're just cruising through to the end of the year. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Nah, good on Thanks so much for your support. Thanks <laughs> so much for listening. Really appreciate it. We're hey, trying really just hard. a bit of fun We're here. We're in a very hot room. I'm halfway through this milk. Yeah. And I commit to it. I Look, know it's... I mean, the milk's almost warm now. 
And the thing is, <laughs> that's your second one of the recording <laughs> session. Okay, yes. The second one is 750 mil. <laughs> yeah, I got a lot of milk in me right now. There's so much milk. Plus, it's a lot of milk. In between podcast recordings, we had a, uh, a spiced ginger beer yeah. with our lunch. So that's in the middle of your two milks. Yeah, milk, milk. Yeah, I love so, it. As well as a, a burrito. Guys, I, I don't want to be thinking so much about Matt's guts right now, oh. to be honest. Oh, my God. Where oh great. Oh, here we go. <laughs> no one's thinking about that? Matt's guts. No one, yeah. So now what? Yeah, my guts are just here. What are they? Chopped liver? <laughs> Give them a thought. Spread them a thought. It's just regular man. liver, mate. So anyway... Back to the theft. Mm-hmm. A reward of £1,000 was issued, which was a hefty sum at the time. Right, I was going to say, that sounds like an offensively low amount to find <laughs> the crown jewels. <laughs> we will give you a voucher to our library. <laughs> this, is, this is in 1907. <laughs> that was probably a fair bit of cash, you know. <laughs> if you find these crown jewels worth upwards of $200 million, we will give you a free packet of chips. We will publicly thank you. We will give you a pret <laughs> gift card for $15.35. Uh, when I say publicly, I yeah. mean we'll go out at some point onto the front porch and we'll say thank you very much to uh, Jess Perkins who found and recovered the Crandles. This is a public thank you for you. And there you go. Well done. done. Thanks so much. Enjoy your publicly meal at pret Thanked. So yeah, it's a big it's a big amount of money for this uh, reward. So no surprise, they received a lot of tips and a lot of dead ends. It was one of the tips. Tips. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks. Uh, we've got a few prank tips. <laughs> thanks to all the uh, super sleuths out there who thought it'd be funny to yeah, prank our a, suggestion box. I've got a tip for you. My dick. <laughs> Okay. Thank you very much. Well, we will be what searching. We will be searching your dick and um, following up with all. We loose will ends. be searching your dick. <laughs> Sorry about that. Who's laughing now, huh? You're patting down a dick. <laughs> <laughs> like a. <laughs> <laughs> Just a figure on the side. Why is it getting bigger? <laughs> Wait, isn't that what all dicks do? Get bigger at the end? Uh oh. <laughs> Sorry, I just going to make a quick call. <laughs> yeah, doctor. Yeah, I'm going to need you to have another look. Something is not right. Vickers himself received a tip from a woman stating that her daughter had had visions about the theft. (laughs) Unsure about the spiritual side of things, but intrigued and probably a little desperate, Vickers had his friend, Francis Shackleton. (gasps) Any relation? Yes. No. To Ernest Shackleton. Set up a meeting. Yes. So this is Dan Nosowitz describing Francis. Francis Shackleton was the brother of Ernest Shackleton, who was a mega celebrity in Britain at the time for his voyages to Antar- to the Antarctic. Francis was an incredibly charming man, oh. handsome and clever and witty, and operated as a man about town in the upper echelons of both Dublin and London society. He was a stockbroker of sorts, but it's unclear whether he was actually good at it. He'd gone bankrupt at least once. Partying seemed to interest him more. That's, nice. That's Dan writing about him. But yes, one of the people who suggested this topic um, was like, this is a little bit of a like a sequel because I, th- I don't know if we mentioned Francis, but we, we've obviously done Shackleton and his expedition. This is his brother. Wow. Isn't that wild? Yeah. That's amazing. Bit if people fun. haven't listened, that's one that's an episode people often cite as one of our one of our good apps. Oh, it's one of our few good episodes. <laughs> <laughs> the uh what's it called, Dave? The Shackleton Shackleton's Endurance, the name of the ship. Uh, it's a very double. good episode. There's a whole riff about slugs. It's really fun. Episode sixty eight. Whoa. A while back now. Yeah. I'm gonna go back and listen to that one. 
I've got a summer road. I'm on a summer road trip right now. Oh, loving so that. I'll be listening to that. I love that you are able to listen back. <laughs> Not if it's my report. Right. Yeah, God, no, that's no. a good point. Yeah, it's, they're, they're brutal. And even then, I spend a lot of the time, anytime I talk, I'm like, shut up. Shut up, shut up. Shut up. Shut up. But I, I, it is fun when I say that I have the same thought now that I did <laughs> five years ago. I'm like, oh. That's awesome. It's funny when I'm listening back and you guys are talking, oh, I'm thinking, you shut up and let the other man speak. <laughs> Get back to Dave. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah, we agree. Yeah. We're all, so we're all thinking the same thing. We're all thinking the same thing. Dave's amazing. Listen Jess and Matt, shut up. shut up. We are very similar, Jess. I definitely cringe. Don't worry. What? When what? me and Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you know what, what are we doing here? I don't know. <laughs> I've thought about that going, Dave, do you want to just do the reports each week? Yeah. Would you want to? Would you want to do that? No. Okay. Your reports are great. Okay. I think I don't think that's actually the reason why. Guys, it's been a great year. Honestly, you guys have brought some of the best topics. No, I just forget the best topics. Anyway, so uh, Shackleton will come up in the story more as we go, but he sets up a meeting with the woman and her daughter who was having visions. She told Vickers that the jewels had been buried in a cemetery in a small town outside of Dublin. Unfortunately, her visions could have been applied to either of two cemeteries. Oh, that's unfortunate. Oh, they're going to have to dig up two entire cemeteries. Well, that's what he did. Because Because of a dream. Vickers travelled to each and dug around several tombstones. No jewels were found, but the story did make it to the press, making Vickers a greater subject of mockery than he had already become. (laughs) Oh, no. So even back then, I was like, is this long ago enough that people were like, visions can, can be things. But not really. Um, oh, I think like I think he was definitely skeptical. Yeah, he was a bit like, oh yeah, this will be bullshit. Worth a try. But you did say he's really desperate. Yeah, they were lost under his watch, weren't they? He was intrigued by it. Yeah, exactly right. But it's um, also like you. Part of you might be like, well, maybe this is just a weird way of someone coming clean. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, like yeah. I can't admit to it, so I've got someone to say, oh, we had a vision of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. i got to get something off my chest. Okay. I ate your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stressing. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. It was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So, before we get to 
some theories, some characters to note. So we have Shackleton, Frank Shackleton, spent most of his time in London, but he did come to Dublin sometimes and had arrangements with Vickers to stay at his house. In fact, despite only spending a month or so per year in Dublin, Shackleton paid half of Vickers' rent and bills. They were good friends. And was he quite wealthy? Yes, he's he's quite wealthy and I think there's a part, like some people sort of say that he kind of liked that he could do stuff like that. Like, he, he was flashy with his money. Yeah, great. If people want to be flashy with their money with us, that'd be fantastic. I mean, right, half our rent. Oh, somebody wants to pay half my rent, all, all of it. That'd be fine. So they have my, s- I already pay half of the rent here, so if you could pay my entire half, that right. would be That would be so flashy if I mean, you did that. But is the <laughs> catch... Don't reckon that'd be flashy. That'd be so flashy. The, the catch is they have to spend one month a year with you. And this house is haunted. Yeah. <laughs> this house? This house. This one we're in? Is it not? Is it, not, is it haunted? Yeah, I, I always felt so. I always felt that. Yeah, I felt a presence of what? Well, of whom? Some sort of horny ghost. A horny oh, ghost. Not a horny ghost. <laughs> you got to spend one night in a haunted, <laughs> horny house. <laughs> that so would be pretty. So did you say haunted house? No, no. Haunty. What do, you, what do you mean? I like uh, the Shackleton's parents. They obviously were a straight to the point kind of family. Frank and Ernest are the names. <laughs> 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 My children. No mucking about here. <laughs> Their sister's name was Sincere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Beautiful name. Uh, that's really good. You thought about Ernest? Bringing Ernest into the fam? Hey, anybody want to name a kid Ernest? Yeah. Shock or not? <laughs> yeah, great, great uh, little brother for Straight Shooter. <laughs> straight Shooter Shackleton. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nosowicz writes Shackleton was also widely known to be gay At a time when it was completely taboo in Irish society Not to mention illegal But, says Durnham You can get away with most things if you have money He was pleasantly humoured in polite society Shackleton's lover was a man named Captain Richard Gorges <laughs> Oh my god <laughs> Dick Gorges Oh my god I didn't oh even put that god. together Dick Gorges Dick Gorges <laughs> Dick Gorgeous by name. Gorgeous Dick by <laughs> Pantaloon region. He, um, his Dick service gorgeous. in South Africa was described as violent, bullying and criminal by an Irish member of parliament. Gorgeous, as a somewhat prominent military man, would have been known to the security forces at Dublin Castle. Okay. He's a well-known... Yeah. So that's just one of the characters, Francis, and of course his lover, Richard. Gorgeous. <laughs> And then there was, check this name out, Pierce Gun Mahoney. (laughs) (laughs) That's got to be fake. Gun. No, I think his mother's maiden name was Gun. And it's just G-U-N. It's not double N. Pierce Gun Mahoney. He was Arthur Vickers' nephew, and he was given the honorary position of Cork Herald by his uncle, which granted him status in Dublin. See, there he is, giving away titles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dodgy as, I knew it. He really liked... um, uh, Arthur Vickers had like a couple of half brothers, and he like was very close with them. And Pierce was the son of one of them, and he was like, "I'll help you out." Pierce was also one of the key holders of the outer strongroom door, but spent a lot of his time in England. But felt a great deal of loyalty towards Vickers for the gift of this job and title, so he probably wasn't sus. Hey, thanks for this job. I'm not going to be here, um, but thank you so much. Yeah, a lot of them like, and a lot of the people working there weren't paid. It was like honorary to be part of like it's very odd it's like what's that one is it a job or and they weren't around a lot but they had these titles sounds like being a college team mascot <laughs> do it yeah. for the glory for the glory 
Another character is Francis Bennett Goldney. Goldney. Goldeneye? G-O-L-D-N-E-Y. Goldeneye? I'm going to say Goldeneye because yeah, it sounds Goldeneye. badass. Let's call him Goldeneye. Francis Bennett Goldeneye, who descended from a line of antiquities scholars. He displayed much of his collection in a museum in Canterbury. He even ended up the honorary director of the museum as a result of donating so much. Um, and he moved to Canterbury where he joined the town's upper echelons. He was elected to town council, then became mayor, and eventually was elected to the House of Commons. Uh, Bennett Goldeneye met Vickers in 1905 and outright asked Vickers for a position within the office of the Ulster King of Arms. He was like, hey... Give me a job. Give me a title. I want one, please. Um, Come Vickers is sort of like, well, you need r- recommendations. And and this guy, Francis, is very well connected. So he's like, no problem. <laughs> but it took a little while, but he was officially sworn in in May 1907, just two months before the theft. Okay. Huh. So those- I'm, I'm thinking like... These titles don't mean anything. They're just giving them away. Not like, you know, the titles that are given to you yeah. from your parents. Not the real ones. Way more meaningful. Obviously, you've earned those. Yeah, of course. By being born. Which he chose to do. He chose to born. He chose to born. <laughs> wow. He chose to born. Oh, I choose to born. So those are just some characters to keep in your mind. And we'll get to some theories involving some of those characters in just a sec. That's a bad sign that I'm saying stuff like he chose to born. He chose to born. I feel an unraveling. Maybe have a little bit more milk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've stopped nursing your milk. Yeah, you okay? Is your milky not good? Uh, Is it too cold? Do you want me to warm up yeah. that milk Can you chuck for it in the you? Microwave for a bit? Oh, gross. Uh, hearing of the theft just a few days before his visit, the king was pretty pissed. Oh, so he. Is about to want to wear them. Yeah, and, and they're gone. That, oh, that's, this is the worst possible time. And like we were saying before, like it doesn't look good politically. It, yeah, Yeah, this is the visit he wants to go perfectly. He wants this to be very smooth. He so needs it to be smooth. Where, would he be wearing them like as a necklace sort of thing? I guess so. Like one's a little badge and another is a star. And I don't know where you wear that. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to wear my badge. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to wear my, my visit is badge. ruined. The kingdom is falling apart. People will definitely not respect me without my little badge. <laughs> I need my little badge. My name is King Edward. <laughs> it has so many little jewels on it. It's so sparkly and I feel like a fancy boy. Uh, so the king demanded that Vickers resign, but Vickers refused. He said, <laughs> Vickers demanded the king resign. He's like, well, you, I'm not quitting. You quit. Without your badge, what are you? What are you? Yeah. Oh, nothing. <laughs> Wear your little hat. <laughs> he said that he'd done nothing wrong and he blamed the board of works for their screw up with the safe not fitting in the strong room. <laughs> Vickers wanted his story to be heard and to defend himself in, in as public a venue as he could create. So he asked for a royal commission, which would mean a trial that would allow him to call witnesses to support him and it would be in front of the public and he could clear his name a bit. But this was refused. He was instead given a vice-regal commission trial, which allowed no witnesses, barred the public and press, and took as its mandate... Not an investigation of the crime, but a vicar's performance of his duty. Oh. So it's like, it's personal. So they're yeah. not even looking for the jewels, really? No. 
That sounds like a, a lot worse than what he wanted. Yeah, it but is. But what he wanted did sound like a bit of a waste of time, maybe. But he just wanted to clear his own name. And this is back in a time when, like, status was everything. Yeah, so he didn't care how much money it cost. He refused to attend the trial they did give him. And the commission found Vickers delinquent, delinquent in his duties based on the statutes he himself had written in 1905, <sighs> including the one that stated the safe must be located in the strong room. Oh, but I mean... He, the, it's not his fault. But because the safe was never moved to the strong room and remained in the library, Vickers had failed the duties he himself had set out. Yeah, it, that, it sat there for six years, yeah. mate. He was fired. You walk past it every day for six years. I feel nothing for this man. Why he sounded he, awful. Just widen the door. Yeah. Frame. Not the door. That wouldn't help. <laughs> now the door doesn't fit. Why don't you... <laughs> <laughs> we've, we take, we've tried everything. We took this door off the hinges, added three metres to either side of it, and you're never going to believe it. I can't get it in. I cannot get it in there. I mean, what else can I do? This is witchcraft. I've consulted that woman who has visions. I've waited six years. (laughs) I've done everything by the book. Thought that naturally the door would expand over time. It hasn't. Doesn't that happen in summertime? (laughs) It'd be warmer. Yeah. Doors expand. Just waiting for a really hot day. The Irish summer. (laughs) Blistering heat. Um, So Vickers was offered a full pension, but only if he stopped asking for a public trial. So why were they so keen to let this blow over? Mm. Well, Vicar's nephew, Pierce Gunn Mahoney, had been trying to (laughs) use his connections to get help for his uncle's case, but no one would help, and he was told that Vickers was known to have associated with men of undesirable character. Gay. A massive scandal had just occurred in Germany, where Kaiser Wilhelm II, who was the King Edward's nephew, had... Uh, repeated claims made that members of his cabinet and social circles had been involved in homosexual acts. Accusations bounced back and forth, and many in the Kaiser's inner circle were forced to resign. King Edward did not want to suffer a similar scandal himself. Um, Mahoney even tried to clear his uncle's name by telling a newspaper publisher that Vickers was a bit of a drinker and one time passed out in his office and woke up wearing the jewels. I don't know how you thought that would clear his name. (laughs) Nothing sus. You got he just a, drank on the job. He drank on the job, woke up, jewels were on him. He's like, oh, lol. <laughs> he put them there. Which is baffling. And this is the man you're blaming? This man? He was fully nude and they were on his penis. They were on his penis and he could not get them off. Is, that a, is crown jewels a euphemism for your cock and balls? Yeah. Maybe that's where it came from. Probably. Hmm. Him wearing them around his penis. Yeah. Hmm. Knowing this, the newspaper writer said... Is it so hard to believe that somebody could have swiped the key to the safe for a real theft? Because there was like stories that he would be, Vickers would be drinking with his friends and his friends would like um, go, they'd take the keys, steal the jewels and like hide them and then he'd wake up and be like, oh, those jewels. And they'd be like, here they are. And they'll go, ah. <laughs> so the, so his nephew's trying to clear him by telling this story and the newspaper's like, so it's incredibly easy to access yeah. these jewels. His friends, quite incompetent. His yeah. friends just did like treasure hunts on the weekend with him. Yeah, it seems like his friends were incredibly disrespectful to his job and so was he. It actually sounds like a really toxic relationship he has with his friends. Agreed. Get new friends. Do you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Like just get new like friends. Like get different and new friends. Yeah. Different to the ones you have. Exactly, yeah. I know what you mean. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that of you. Okay. I don't think you you. I hadn't, hadn't interpreted it that way. Okay, until... great, great. I just want to make sure you were not leaving me because <laughs> that will not go well for you. 
I know where you live. Okay. I will be out the front. (laughs) Okay. In the rain. (laughs) Holding a boombox. Of course, with you and your new friends. (laughs) And I'll say, I enjoy him now, new friends. (laughs) You'll be tossed to the side. (laughs) I'm drunk at this point as well. So the government tactic of trying to sort of breeze over it a bit eventually worked. The story faded out of the headlines. The reward was never claimed. The tips became increasingly preposterous. And the jewels remain missing over a century later. Whoa. It's a mystery episode. Oh, they're still missing. They're still missing. The Irish crown jewels. They're missing. Which weren't really until they've... So they've never... Been the crown jewels whilst someone's had them. No, that's just sort of how they came to be spoken about. So what they actually were was uh, an insignia of the most illustrious order of St. Patrick, the most important chivalric order in Ireland. Yeah, 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 of course. That's definitely a thing that makes sense to me. Like the head of which was yeah. the king or queen. Yeah, 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 so yeah, they just yeah. called yeah. them crown jewels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chival- chivalric. And, chivalric uh, in so. Ireland and uh, Patrick and yeah. Pickle Rick, Chivalric, I get it, I get it. Pickle Rick, Chivalric. Yeah, it's all the same thing, I get it. That's good stuff. So, some theories. Hit me. Number one. Do you want to go first or should we? <laughs> do, well, do you have a theory so far? Well, it, just, it feels like one of the... It feels like either Vickers took them. Mm-hmm. Pickle Vic, as I call him. Pickle Vic. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a, but I, it feels like there's a cover-up. So, someone important's... Taken them. Yeah. And I reckon it's someone who doesn't like... Pickle Rick. Uh, Edward and that. Okay, yep. Probably doesn't like Pickle Rick because they're all in the same... Pickle Vic. Because they're all in the same sort of genre of yeah. uh, loving England. Mm-hmm. But I don't know who... Maybe... Is St. Patrick still alive? No. Okay. So I'm ruling him out. Um, <laughs> Dave, well, any theories? Well, let's see what Dave and you have to say. But yeah. I, I think I've pretty much done most of the work there and see if you want to... <laughs> Finish it up. Dave, anything to add? I think it was probably the guy who installed the safe room and then got yelled at for not making the door big enough and yeah. went, you know what, I'll get back at you in six years. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Because cool. that, that would be annoying good. if someone ye- yelled at you for that. And you wouldn't remember who you yelled at six years ago. No, because it sounds like this guy yells <laughs> at a few people. <laughs> so he wouldn't be like top of mind yeah. <laughs> for That's a revenge a funny thing. I mean, you don't remember who you yelled <laughs> at six years ago. I can't. Who was that guy I yelled <laughs> at? yelled at so many people since. How do I remember them all? <laughs> the I mean, people are yelling at I Bob. mean, that was the joke. <laughs> I don't understand you jokes. You just then were Twitter and I was you. <laughs> Wait, hang on a second. <laughs> you keep tweeting. You don't know who you yelled at. I mean, I've, don't, I've never yelled at anybody. I think the problem was it was believable. Me yelling? Yeah. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, Francis Shackleton is the mastermind behind the theft. Uh, he somehow gets one of Vickers' keys and makes a copy. He does have access to Vickers' house where the second key sits, so it's not that hard. He oh, then, that's right, because he fucking pays for yeah, that Yeah, he house. pays the rent. He stays there for a month. He then goes out of town to London, making it a point to meet with London aristocracy to cement an alibi. His lover... George Gorges His lover Gorges Dick Gorges Dick Gorges Commits the theft As he's able to get in and out of Dublin Tower Without suspicion Right because he's a military man Exactly everybody knows him The crown jewels are then broken apart And melted down and sold 
from Nosowitz. He says, this, some believe, was the conclusion of the report from Kane, the Scotland Yard inspector. But the king and his cronies, fearful of scandal, allow him to get away with it. Kane is sent back to London, while Shackleton is too politically radioactive to be the subject of a public trial. Can't get out that, like, there's... There's rumours of orgies in, right. in cabinet, and right? And so then the king and some of his inner circle will be like targeted, and it feels like that would make wouldn't that make people a bit excited about the crown again? Oh, they're having orgies now. It would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Can you imagine Prince Charles orgy? Can you imagine like imagine Prince Charles married to a dude? That would be the best. Do you know what I mean? I think that would I think that would be good PR for them. Exactly. It's like it with the times. Oh, the entire family's straight. Okay. <laughs> Statistically, I don't think so. Anyway, it would just be a bit more fun, but this is nineteen oh seven, it's a different time. So who who I missed the very start of this is John Kane, they reckon, did it. It's Shackleton. Oh Shackleton did it. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And he got his, his lover, who's love a military man, Dick That's, Gorgeous. Oh, Dick Gorgeous. Oh, my God. But then, and then it's too, there's too much heat to like pin it on him, and they don't want to look embarrassed that they let someone come in to steal their jewels. They just go, oh, whatever. Honestly, this sounds like a victimless crime to me. I agree. A victimless crime. He was not involved. <laughs> <laughs> Number two still involves Shackleton, but it's that he was blackmailed. His homosexuality is widely known in polite society, but he relies on a delicate balance of silence, risk, elitism to survive. So in exchange for not exposing him to newspapers, Shackleton uses his access and knowledge to procure one of Vickers' keys, but does not participate in the crime beyond that. He does his best to help Vickers track down the thief. So he is like when he's trying to help Vickers, he's genuinely trying to help. That's another theory. Right. Don't know how I feel about that one. Theory number three is a group of unionists did it. Theory number four is a group of nationalists did it. Yeah, I, I, I was thinking more nationalists than unionists. Why yeah. would the unionists do it? Um, it was like a very complicated paragraph that I couldn't quite follow. <laughs> so yeah. I left it to one dot point. Love that. Can't really remember, but both essentially were trying to like embarrass the other or make the other look bad or like, you know, so... There's a lot that can go into it and a lot of different theories like within those theories. Bluff. Yeah. It's Maybe a quadruple bluff. It's very confusing. Theory number five is uh, only after his death is it discovered that antiques lover and mayor Francis Bennett Goldeneye was in fact a thief. Oh. Ooh. While preparing the late Bennett Goldeneye's belonging for auction, ancient manuscripts stolen from the city of Canterbury including, were found in his house. Including the Irish... Yeah. <laughs> Crown jewels. But mostly we were interested in the manuscripts. Um, so, yeah, stuff stolen were, um, from Canterbury, where he was living, were found in his house, along with a fairly valuable painting. Only he could have taken the manuscripts, owing to his privileged position as mayor. Like, he would have had access. There were some of the early manuscripts, like, for the part for Friends. Yeah. Uh, for the <laughs> Joey character's uh, autobiography. Yes. The actor who played him, Matt LeBlanc. Uh, also, the manuscript for uh, Phoebe's yes. songs about cats. Yep. Other friends things. Yeah. My brain's not thinking outside that for some <laughs> reason. Straight to friends. Friends. I'm not, sure. I'm not sure why I got stuck in friends. It's okay. The, the TV show, not the concept. Yeah, oh. that's it. <laughs> not the, it was not the concept of friendship. Okay. No. Um, uh, so then perhaps Bennett Goldeneye obtained the key either by himself or with the aid of Shackleton. He creates an alibi, heads out of Dublin and orchestrates the theft 
just a few months after joining Vickers' crew of honorary assistants. When questioned, he is coy and ambiguous and points investigators towards Shackleton. He's like, maybe you should be talking to Shackleton about it. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know anything. I the love, jewels are gone? Crazy. love the idea that a few of these series are that people made a, an alibi, made up an alibi. It's like they have an alibi. So what they would have done is made an alibi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have made that. They would have yeah. made it look like. Would have had to create an, an alibi. Yeah, you've got to look for the guy who doesn't have an alibi. Yeah. Because he didn't make one up. Clearly didn't, didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, that's not your guy. That's not your guy. That's not your guy. You can if you've got an alibi, exactly. Yeah. Again, it's a double bluff. If you've got an yeah. alibi, you're, it's the guy. No alibi, <laughs> no guy. <laughs> that's, yeah. The age old rhyme. That actually makes a lot of sense. I think we can all agree. Yeah. If anyone was there, had access, uh, no alibi, then yeah, rule them out. Rule them out. It's yeah. too, obvious. too obvious. Next. If you're watching Poirot, that is definitely yeah, how for it sure. works. Oh my, yeah, exactly. The person you think it is, it definitely ain't them. I watched an episode uh, recently where it was an apparent suicide. Well, there was a, a guy who died. He was on his desk, gun in his hand. And I go, tell you what, Jap's going to come in and say, open, shut, case, Pyro. This is a suicide. And that's exactly what he did. <laughs> and Pyro's like, oh, I'm not so sure, mon ami. <laughs> Like, uh, Jap doesn't know he's in a show. Why would he ever question Poirot? Nothing's ever open shut when Poirot's What we got around. here, Poirot, is another open shut case. Let's go get some lunch. Mostly every week he's saying this to Poirot. I'm in the mood for a chip butty. Is that what it called? Little yeah. butty? Yeah, a little chip butty. Sandwich with chips. Great decision. They love to double up on the carb. Double hey, carb. who doesn't? Potato pizza. Fuck me, I love a double carb. Oh, love a potato pizza. Love a potato pizza. Okay. Um, so my Italian, Swiss Italian ancestors rolling over in their, in their. Uh, you know, I love a classic, grapes. authentic margarita. That's number one. Mm. Potato pizza? Hey, that's a special occasion pizza. So those are just some of the theories, none of which have gained very much traction. The jewels, nor any other piece of incriminating evidence, has been found. Oh, but you know, we love a curse that do go on. And these characters that I've mentioned certainly seem to have a bit of bad luck. Follow them. These summaries are from Dan Nosowitz again. Honestly, it's a great read and a lot more in-depth and also easier to follow than (laughs) anything else. So, love you, Dan. Does he have a couple of people being annoying throughout his article? Like, every now and then someone's coming and going, oh, I shouldn't be drinking milk and stuff like that. Like, right when he's about to, um, like, drop a bomb, they go like... (laughs) (laughs) Penis. (laughs) (laughs) That guy's name sounds funny. Uh, no, but, that doesn't happen in this article. Yeah, but so it could have happened while he was writing. So he, he didn't type it down. In his writing, didn't point out that Dick Gorgeous is funny. No, he didn't. So, like, how good are you, Dan? Dan? what is wrong with you? Yeah, well. Missed opportunity there. And this was only written, like, Dan's article was in November of 2021. So it's fresh. That is fresh. Thankfully. Hot off the presses. Hot off the presses. So anyway, these are some. These is what happened to some of these characters. So the Francis, beauty of uh, you know that this is going to get solved in 2022. Oh, big time! Yeah, and I'm happy to be a part of it. We're like a reverse curse. We're that, we're an anti curse. Anti curse. We fix stuff. Yeah, we're fixes. like Bob the Builder. Or it'll be turned into a movie. One of the two. One of the two. So Francis Shackleton declared bankruptcy in 1910. Owing the truly astounding amount of £85,000. Oh, when you were talking about 1000 being heaps back then. 85000 Well over $10 million today he was in debt. He fled to Portuguese West Africa, but was there accused of cashing a widow's checks. He was sent back to London and sentenced to 15 months of hard labour. 
1913, he was charged with conspiring to steal hundreds of thousands of dollars from his old friend, Lord Ronald Gower, by purchasing stocks that didn't exist and pocketing the money. Now, there's curses and there's just doing crimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been cursed. Oh, so, no, some it's of the not others, me. Some of the others. I'm not defrauding my friends and family. It's the curse. <laughs> some of the others feel a little more, more cursy. cursy. <laughs> but in this one, he changed his name, moved in with his sister and died broke. Oh, the curse. The, the curse. curse changed my name. Maybe move in with my sister. <laughs> I don't like her cooking. Oh, I'm cursed. Pierce Gunn Mahoney moved in, moved to a family home in County Kerry where he remained close with Vickers. A book by Francis Bamford and Viola Banks, it's called Vicious Circle, claims that the 1908 Sherlock Holmes story, The Adventure of the Bruce Partington Plans, was a thinly veiled riff on the theft of the Irish crown jewels. This is only a year later. Um, In it, a character who may or may not have been based on Mahoney is murdered in an extraordinary way which at first appears like suicide relating to the theft of priceless Open government shut. property. <laughs> Open shut case, Poirot. <laughs> That's what I was just like when you said it before. I was like, huh. In, so that was like, that was the story. That was the Sherlock Holmes story. This character's loosely based on him, they reckon, and that's how he dies. In 1914, Mahoney was due to have tea with some neighbours. He planned to get there by rowing a boat across a pond. As the pond had many waterfowl, Mahoney took a shotgun with him. His body was discovered the next day. Oh, no, the fowl shot him. <laughs> the fowl wrestled the gun off him. He'd been shot through the heart. Oh, shit. Well, foul f- play had often been suggested. <laughs> 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 That's good stuff. Foul play's been suggested, but um, nothing's been play. proven. Yeah, right. So, so he died they, in a kind of mysterious way. How did they get their way. wing in, that, in the little... <laughs> so, but they're saying that he's rowing across a pond and then... The, the kayak rocks up and they're like, oh, hello. Oh, no. And they just seem slumped over with a bullet through the yeah. heart. Yeah. And he had Weird. a shotgun. Yeah. So he couldn't have done it himself. No. It's so got to be happened? one of the birds. It's got to be a bird. Foul play. Oh, boy. Is that a pun? Yes, that's a pun. So then we have Francis Bennett Goldeneye. He was, ding, elected, ding, ding, ding. he was elected to Parliament in 1910 and in 1917 was appointed attaché in Paris. In 1918, he was involved in an unspecified motoring accident and died of renal hemorrhage. A year later, his secret life as a thief was revealed. And then we have Arthur Vickers. He was disgraced, fired from his job that was his life's work and left penniless after he refused a pension that seemed like him to hush money. He relied on money from his brother-in-law and a bit of cash that he got from suing the Daily Mail for libel. Um, The paper had... The paper admitted that it had invented a story about Vickers' mistress being behind the theft. He he later he married, um, but yeah, they the Daily Mail. Daily Mail has a, a long and proud long history. Obviously, history. <laughs> they like made up this whole story about a mistress getting the key and stealing it, and then he's getting the money. And they admitted they made the whole thing up, and this person didn't exist. That's wild. Anyway, um, he insisted on. His I love how people talk about our tabloid papers these days. You know what? You can't trust the news anymore. Not like yeah. back in back in the 1917. day, when the Daily Mail had integrity. Just fully invented stories. Fucking crazy. Lamestream so, media. You know what I'm talking about. He insisted on his innocence until his death, and even in his will, um, he like left something in his will that was like, "I didn't do it." 
even in his will. And he died in like a um, a not great way, which I didn't write down. Right, right but like great ways to die. in his will, who did he leave the uh, diamond encrusted star <laughs> to? <laughs> <laughs> he was um, Walt Disney, and he's like, this gives me an idea. <laughs> he was essentially like taken. Um, he was killed, I think, by the IRA. And, like, um, they broke into his house and uh, he was held at gunpoint while they attempted to break into the house's strong room. Oh. And then they torched the house and they, and shot him in front of his wife. Did they think maybe they thought the crown jewels were there? Oh, who knows? But it's interesting. That's a, that's a not a nice way to go. No. But it's... Um, it's interesting that you said it was his life's work, but you also said before that he was drunk on the job all the time. He was really Pe- into the the, oh, the, the heraldry bit and the genealogy. He was very right. He like was obsessed with it. He loved it. He was so interested in it. But the the part of the job that entailed like being in charge of the jewels, he didn't like that part. So it's still a mystery. Oh my! Honestly, the jewels have never been found. I really hope it comes up soon. Right? That'd be so good. Like it's gonna be found in can, a vault somewhere. Like, can you melt down emeralds and stuff? You could break them apart and and make other jewels right. out of those. So they could be just out. And would there be any way to know? I don't know. I'm asking you, like, you're a jewel expert now. Okay, if they're massive, you could probably cut them up into smaller bits. Right. Yeah, I wonder if if people would be able to tell. I don't know. You've done the report on diamonds. But if it's still... Would people be able to tell? I don't it's know. it's still one of like the five largest rubies ever found, it's pretty obvious where yeah. it's from. I'm thinking of, um, of Oceans 8, where um, Mandy, Mindy Kaling takes the fancy jewels and makes them into other jewels, and then they just wear them out. Oh, that's clever. Hidden of, in plain of sight. The Gala. Favourite place to hide. Plain sight? Yeah. Okay. Mine's, Mine's under the couch. <laughs> Very high-legged couch. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's terrible to me. That was a nightmare to get onto. But that is my report on the theft of the Irish crown jewels. Whoa. The last report of 2021. Wow, there it is. I think it's been the year of the heist this year for yeah. us. We've had quite a few, which has been good fun. It's good funny, fun. actually. I had to. I put that one up to the vote and um, a couple of people commented like, let's see out the year with another heist. They were all for it. Yeah. Well, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that brings us for the last time for the year to everyone's favourite section of the show, where we thank a bunch of our great supporters. You can support us at dogoonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod. And uh, once there, there's all different levels you can go on, depending on budget and and what kind of uh, reports, bonus (laughs) things you want to get. I think, what level do you have to be on to get the... Crown Jewels of Ireland. That's one of the higher levels, I think. Yeah, it's the top level. Top and it's tier. Only, only one available for that. Yeah, that's right. And I think right. it's like, what have we said about? Four million pounds? Four million pounds. A uh, month? You have to ask no questions, obviously. That's yeah, part yeah. of the deal. And you're going to need four million pounds a month for six months, and then they will be shipped to you. Yeah, yeah. bit by bit. Bit by bit. Uh, so you've got to stay on that level. Stay yeah. on. We've we- got Mindy Carlin involved. If I said that name right? No. <laughs> Oh, but the Mandy people Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. Yeah. Well, Mandy Patinkin involved. The people that support the show, honestly, you make it possible for us to do the show for now six years in a row without missing a week. And we will be back next week, so we're not even going to miss a week because of these people. Yeah, I should just say, see you guys next year. <laughs> <laughs> no, Dave just said we have a report next week. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, see you next year. <laughs> what do you? We haven't discussed you taking a year off. 
from the podcast. That seems ridiculous. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, um, what, is that? what do you mean? I mean? I'll just see you uh, next year. Like next Thursday. <laughs> <gasps> oh, I get it. <laughs> see you next year. Very see, good. Auntie Donna, it's not that hard. <laughs> Jeez, we took the humour out of it though, somehow, <laughs> didn't we? <laughs> But back to the supporters. <laughs> Wait, I was playing the straight man. <laughs> that was uh, all on you. You get a bunch of uh, bonus episodes. Uh, we put out three a month, including next week. I will be putting out the famous annual Do Go On <gasps> Awards, the Do Go Honors, the the Golden Shiny Garys, oh where we crown the best episode of the year, the most popular guest host, yep. the best the- bonus episode of the year. Uh, the most brutal one is, of course, best presenter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but also the other one that we, Jess and I, tend to love, uh, the best other two people. Yeah. <laughs> the best do, combination of listeners. Best sass twin combination. Yeah. I'll put that up this year. And um, yeah, so that's voted for by the Patreon people, but as well as that's that. a win for us. We put out uh, two other bonus episodes a month. And uh, inc- there's over nearly 130 bonus episodes now that you can unlock and you can get them all straight away as soon as you sign up. Ridiculous. So that's pretty cool. This is a best live show we normally do as well. Have we done any live we shows? Did, we did. Comedy oh, yeah, Festival. Comedy Fest, yep. And we did the 300th live as well. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so that's a bit of fun. I love it. I love getting in, in a tux. Yeah. And uh, just, you know, oh, Podcast night of nights. Walking oh, that shit, red got, carpet. Have I picked mine up from the dry cleaner? Mm. Better check that. Thanks for the yeah, reminder. No worries. Don't want to look a fool. And uh, who do we get to host this year? I will be hosting for the we first ever Dave time. Warnicky? We got the Dave Warnicky. It's my first ever time. That is exciting. It's huge. That's a boon. It's huge. That is huge. Anyway, uh, the first thing we normally like to do, uh, you, so you get all sorts of different uh, rewards for supporting us, but the first one we normally like to do is the Fact, Quote or Question section, which has a little jingle, I think, goes something like this. Fact, Quote or Question. Ding. Yeah, he always remembers the ding. And uh, for this one, you get to give us a fact, quote, or question. If you sign up on the Sydney Scheinberg level, I'll read out four of them each week. I'll read them out for the first time on the pod. No censorship here. <laughs> hey, we're not... This isn't Kakistan. Cuck- <laughs> anyway, so... Um, <laughs> I, want, I so desperately want to be a shock jock. But um, So the first one this week comes from Stefan Headley. Stefan's got the title. You also get to give yourself a title. And Stefan's got the title of President of the Make America More Mole Man. <laughs> okay. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and Stefan has offered us a quote, which is from the greatest character in history. My quote is, there is no escape from the kingdom of the moles. Well, except that. <laughs> That's a mole man, baby. That's a mole man, baby. <laughs> So like a baby mole? Yeah, baby mole. That's cute. That's a great quote. Great quote. That's the Simpsons mole man quote. Is that right, Dave? Absolutely. For a little while there, I was thinking that was you in character as a mole. And that was a a quote of you as mole man. But no, it is a Simpsons mole man quote. They got there first. Somehow. (laughs) Thank you so much, Steph. And uh, next up, we've got Nathan Swap, whose title is Aluminium Emperor. No, Aluminum Emperor. Must be in Americans. And uh, Nathan's fact... This week is aluminum. Yes, aluminum. We put in an extra bow, yeah. I think. Or they took one out. Hey, aluminium. So, uh, Nathan's fact is, while aluminum is the most abundant metal on Earth, it used to be more valuable than gold in the 19th century. 
Emperor Napoleon III of France had many decorations made of aluminium and gave an alum oh sorry aluminum and gave an aluminum bracelet to Queen Victoria. Even the Washington Monument in DC is tipped with an alum- aluminum capstone. Jeez, that's hard to say. Uh, so when Dave inevitably time travels to become a medieval warlord, don't forget a few rolls of aluminium foil. Aluminum oh, well, foil. I will be wrapping my body in head to toe <laughs> in that precious, precious metal. That sounds great. I mean, you already wrap your head in it with all your body theories. So, um. <laughs> God, you're a kook. <laughs> don't steal my thoughts. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Nathan. That is fascinating. I had That's no idea cool. about I didn't that. Know that. Isn't it funny to be if you timed it just wrong that it's it lost its value just like a week after you'd bought this yeah. <laughs> aluminum bracelet. Here you go. And then people went, actually, I'm just going to wrap fish in it. <laughs> just going to make real thin sheets of it and wrap shit in it. Uh, thank you very much, Nathan. Next one comes from Logan Husky. Fantastic name, of course. Great name. Uh, Logan has the title Token Bitter Furry Listener. Okay. Uh, and Logan asks a question, which is, one of my favorite scenes from Doctor Who is from an episode called Vincent and the Doctor, uh-huh. where at the end... As a kind of epilogue, the Doctor takes Vincent van Gogh, van Gogh from 1890 into the future, 2010, mm. to show him how revered and inspirational his works are 120 years later. Van Gogh is brought to is brought to te- brought to tears as he realizes that people would eventually understand him, and even if it wouldn't be in his lifetime, and that his art and legacy would endure for generations to come. Very touching scene. Yeah, it's very nice. You've both seen this. Yeah, I've I didn't know it. you guys were I nerds. I've never watched it, but I've seen that um, particular part on TikTok. It's on Instagram. I've seen that shared around a yes. lot. Yes, oh, M- millions great. of views on YouTube as well. It's oh, really no nice. kidding! Yeah, oh, lovely. Built Beautiful. My... Very well done. Yeah, it's sort it's of nice. a yeah. It's almost like a fan fiction, like a historical fan fiction. Yeah, I uh, love that idea. Is Doctor Who? Have you watched the show Doctor Who? No. Nah. Yeah, yeah, I used to watch it as a kid because my granddad was really into it. I've heard it's really good. And then in the reboot, I watched the first with Christopher Eccleston and then David Tennant, but I haven't kept up with the other ones. Right. It's something, yeah, I feel like it's one day I'll probably try and go and watch it all. Uh, I've never seen an episode. Uh, goes on to say, my question is, if you could go back in time and take anyone to the present day to show them the influence they had on society or popular culture... Who would you pick and what would you show them? Ooh. doesn't just have to be a creative figure. can also be social or political. And uh, Logan, answer the question. Do you want, I'll yeah. read out while Who's you're thinking. Logan? That's a fantastic question, Logan. Awesome question. For me, I would love to show John Lennon how his songwriting still influences music today, some 60 years after the fact. And I'd also love to show J.R.R. Tolkien the Peter Jackson films of his books oh, and just watch cool. his reactions the entire time. Uh, thanks for the great show. Looking forward to seeing you live in Brisbane one day once all of this has blown over. Oh, awesome. Great one, Logan. That's so good. This is, feels like one of those questions you sort of need a oh. fair bit of time to contemplate. I think, yes. yeah, like, yeah, John Lennon's a fantastic one. I think maybe there's so many of those uh, artists that died. Yeah. yeah. Not knowing, but maybe... Um, uh, Emily Dickinson, the poet, who sort of just wrote in her own room and sort of never really got out there or rarely published and then is now seen as like the one of the greatest American poets wow. of all time. Oh, that's after her manuscripts and handwritten things were found and published after she died. Maybe something like that. It's quite yeah. heartbreaking to think about that. 
Yes. Yeah, that somebody died thinking they hadn't really achieved much. Someone was telling me recently about a movie or something they watched about the guy who wrote Rent. Yes, and tick, tick, ma- boom. And he died like the night of the... the Opening night of Rent. Right. So, or the night before. I think it was dress rehearsal or something, wasn't yeah. it? Without yeah. knowing that story, he sounds like someone worthy of a... Because yeah. obviously that's still a... I mean, I've heard of I've never seen it, but I've heard of... Uh, it's a pretty influential musical apparently. Rent. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the one where they play... 525,600 <laughs> oh, I've, I've, I've heard that. I was going to say, that's the one where they tap on the bins and stuff. Uh, no. And wear steel cap boots. That's, uh, that's, uh... Stomp. <laughs> Is that tap dogs? You're thinking of tap dogs. You're thinking of stomp. <laughs> I'm thinking of stomp. Am I thinking of... Well, I mean, Rent probably influenced all these. I think and Rent that is was the, the one, first one to tap on the bins. Rent is the one that was, it's based on La Boheme, the opera That's that we right. did for Book Cheat. Yeah. But I didn't realise at the time because I don't know anything about musicals. A few people said, why didn't you mention Rent? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know. Uh, yeah, so that's, that was funny because I was just hearing about that movie mm. this week. So, yeah, I can't think of it. I don't know why I can't no, think of... No, I can't really think of. I guess, you know, like all the 27 Club. Yeah. You know, I Jimi Hendrix. Amy or, Winehouse. Yeah. And, yeah. Kurt Cobain. They would know. I mean, he was pretty aware at the time. But yeah. it'd be, I wonder if it would blow their minds to see that they... Like all of them, I think, were died pretty massive already. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if that... But to know that they're still thought of a lot would be interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a great question and the kind of one that I, yeah, I feel like I'll think of better answers. For sure. Over the coming weeks. Absolutely. Great question. Thanks, Logan. I'll I'll have to track down that Doctor Who scene. Sounds awesome. Because he he would have been the one I probably would have thought of. He's the most famous who who died without knowing that his work was going to become so loved. Yeah. Um, Maybe, what about, uh, who's that, uh, is that comedian who... Um, went to jail a lot for swearing and in America in like the 50s. Went to jail for swearing? Yeah. And he died quite... I think he died in his 30s. Um, I have no idea. Dave, does that ring a bell for you at all? Um, you know his name, I reckon, have you heard it? In the 50s. Lenny Bruce. Ah. So he died... He died in 66, so I think he was already, you know, pretty... He was well regarded while he was alive, but I I think his legacy's gone on, and I think people talk about him like he, he paved the way for a lot of people. So it, yeah, hmm. John cool. Belushi, another yeah. past. I mean, he was huge, but yeah. Um, there's a American writer John Kennedy Tool, who uh, took his own life, and then 11 years later, his book a Confederacy, a Confederacy of Dunces was published. I believe after his his mum pushed hard for it to be sold and it sold millions of copies and is now seen as like one of the great comedy novels wow. of the 20th century and he died without knowing any of that wow so. yeah that's and amazing. he was only about 30 years old 31 just looked at i found a list here oh and it won the pulitzer prize for fiction after he died Whoa. so pretty pretty amazing apparently herman melville died before his household name franz kafka emily dickinson's on this list johann sebastian bach Wow, that that's an influential one. Wow. Yeah, cool. Yeah, great question. Really good question. Yeah, I, one that you'll keep mulling about. Yeah, maybe if one of us remember, we should uh, do a post and get people to put their answers mm. in there. I reckon on the Patreon group, someone will start a thread about that. Thank for you sure. so much for that question. Great one, Logan. Finally, this week, uh, for the Fat Quarter question, we've got Julian Barnes, 
who's got the title of guy in charge of turning up the radio when Natalie Imbruglia's turn comes on. <laughs> turn or torn? Torn. Did I say turn? But when it's when she's played it, it is her turn. It is her turn. I'm turn. <laughs> I'm already turned. That's how because she because it this was a cover. This is how I turned. She changed that one letter and got a yeah. rhyme credit. Yeah, <laughs> she nailed it. Uh, sorry, Julian. Uh, Julian has a question as well, which is, what is your most treasured piece of junk? Uh, he has answered the question. Mine is a beautiful hardback copy of 101 Dalmatians, that was chewed up by my Dalmatian when he was a puppy. He had the whole bookshelf to choose from, and he grabbed that one book. I've kept it on the shelf all chewed up. That is That's a great cute. piece of junk. That's cute. Junk. Yeah, good question. It's funny what people consi- what others would consider to be junk. Like yeah. I've got a childhood teddy. Yes. Would mean absolutely nothing to anyone else, but well, you know. On the open market, probably wouldn't fetch yeah, that's that much right. money. Not yet, not until after you die. Yeah. yeah, and then I'm selling everything. And then you can bring me back to show me uh, my influence and also how you crossed me by selling my stuff. <laughs> yeah, and how much money I made yeah. by selling all your stuff. Um, I get your stuff if you die, right? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes. Yeah, you're in my will. I've got uh, things I keep like old... Um, I've got like old ticket stubs for concerts yeah. I saw a long time ago, back when you used to use physical ticket stubs. Old footy records that would not be worth much, but... Um, just looking at send me back to being six years old at Robin Footy yeah. Ground and stuff like that. That's nice. Yeah, I got like a old um, Game Boy Pocket games for uh, for the Game Boy, which you know if you sold them on eBay, I'd probably get about eight dollars. Yeah. But I'm still like, oh, it's fun to see the packet of the James Bond game that I got in 1996. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Just those things that just bring back memories. Yeah. Um, yeah, great question, Julian. I can't think of anything. Everything for you is worth so much. Yeah, I have no junk. You're looking around this room, Matt, looking for junk. There's and then none. The second you point at something and say, what about that? I'll be like, how dare you? <laughs> what about that photo of you graduating? Yeah, that could fucking go. <laughs> graduating uni, looking uncomfortable because the little hat I'm wearing is too tight on my big head. Uh, thank you very much to Julian, Logan, Nathan and Stefan for those facts, those quotes and those questions. And we did get, we got a fact or quote and question that time. Yeah. Uh, the other people we love to thank uh, at the end of the episode are other supporters who are on the shout out level. I think the Ask Prod level or above. And uh, Jess, we normally come up with a little game based on the topic of the day. Do you have anything for today? Where they store the key. Oh, yes. Love that. Obviously, Arthur Vickers around his dick. <laughs> or in his house. <laughs> uh, if I could kick us off, I'd love to thank from Pakenham in the Australian Capital Territory, Bo Stephen. Bo Stephen keeps the key in his left shoe. Oh. Well, he did until I exposed him. <laughs> By now grabbing put, his shoe. He's yeah. cleverly putting it in his right shoe. Yeah, now, now I'll never find it. He's hopping after you. Hey, yeah. come back. Oi, <laughs> get back here. Oh, Bo, you have been foiled, and I apologise for that. Hopefully that key doesn't open any important safes. I'd also love to thank from Forest Lake in Queensland, Australia, Millie B. Millie B. Millie B keeps her key. In a birdhouse in her soul. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, so, hang on. Uh, Location-wise, it's in her soul. Yes. And then... It's inside a birdhouse. A birdhouse. In her soul. In her soul. 
Fuck, yeah. that's better than a shoe, isn't it? But yeah. also a soul. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. I'm get, am I getting that from a They Might Be Giants song? I think. Oh, okay. It did sound like it just fell out of your mouth. Yeah, I I, I was thinking that at first, but I think I've I've just taken Birdhouse in a soul is fantastic. Yeah, that's real good. Also got a little bit of Doom Patrol. There's a character who's got like a birdhouse in his chest. Oh, really? Which I think is where one of the characters puts a key for safekeeping. So I'm absolutely unoriginal. What an okay. absolute hack over I here. I thought you'd been really interesting. No. Now I don't feel so bad about saying shoe. <laughs> when you said birdhouse, I was like, this is really impressive. Yeah. In a soul. Okay. We're getting kind of spiritual at this level. It's <laughs> interesting. And uh, finally for me, I'd love to thank from... And Dave, you recently uh, looked up... Jess, you are quick. Poughkeepsie in New York. Or Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie, Poughkeepsie in New York. Oh, so does I say Poughkeepsie? Yeah, which Poughkeepsie. is a great name. Apologies. The United States. Garrett Oakley. So we've had two Poughkeepsies lately. Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Uh, good on you, Garrett Oakley, who keeps his key taped to the back of a large novelty check. Because oh. no one ever looks at the backside. Yeah, you're yeah. right. Everyone's you're like, whoa, look at those big letters whoa. and big numbers. Whoa, it's a big check. No one's check the back. the back. There's a key there. There's a key for to treasure. To a Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> Something else you won. Uh, may I thank some people? Sure. I would love to thank from Bedford in Great Britain. That came up today. Bedford, Bedford yes, that's true. Or Castle. I would love to thank Lucas Sheard. Lucas Sheard. Better Sheard and not her. Wait. Um, so Lucas, I reckon, keeps his key in right in the lock. Can't lose yeah. it if it's already in the lock. Exactly. Never lose it. That's good. That's actually incredibly smart. Yeah. And everybody should do that. And then send me your address. Never <laughs> get locked out that way. Never get Never locked, get locked out. out. Uh so thank you, Lucas. I would also love to thank from Tidworth, also in Great Britain. Danny Charlotte. Danny Charlotte keeps the key at uh, the back of a vending machine behind those uh, apricot slice sort of biscuits. Oh, so you got to buy a bunch. Who of in their right mind would buy one of those? Yeah, when other okay. stuff's on, so no one's ever getting it. So you, but good. to get it back, you need to buy like 10 apricot biscuits. Yeah, so it looks a bit suspicious, but no one's Every doing Every time that. you want to get into your house. I've just got a craving for an apricot bickey. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I need 11. Oh, that would annoy me. Genius, Danny. That is That's genius. That's very good, Danny. Uh, a little closer to home from Geelong West here in Victoria, I would love to thank Mahima and Tom. Mahima and Tom. Mahima and Tom are keeping their key in the amazing maze. Oh. James Sherry's there. Oh, great. The siren's about to go off. Yeah. They're going down the slide. A Super Nintendo is up for grabs. Oh, my goodness. What a great show wow. from our childhoods. I saved it for people from Geelong, just <laughs> so there'd be some chance of knowing the reference. <laughs> know what it is. <laughs> there you uh, go. Thank you, Mahima and Tom. Those are radio clowns that go like this, Those that you put balls in their mouths and you get keys. Yeah. you got to time the order of the Donkey Kongs right or something. Yeah. Very vague memories of that show. Great show. Though. A lot of fun. I always wanted to do the maze. Yeah. It looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. looked am- amazing. Hey, I would like to thank... <gasps> I just got it. <laughs> I would like to thank from I believe from one of the Twin Cities from St Paul, Minnesota, Tyler Daughters. Tyler Daughters. Would you believe that moments before recording, I checked our Patreon message bank, and Tyler <laughs> messaged asking if uh, 
the shout out was uh, due anytime soon. I'm like, you know what, Tyler? We are literally about to record. Isn't that wild? That's amazing timing. Absolutely amazing. And where's Tyler? They've waited a long time for the shout out, but where's their key kept, Matt? Well, from St. Paul and Minnesota, Twin Cities. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota, Minneapolis. Yeah, Minneapolis, St. Paul is the Twin Cities. And Tiger Wolves this is one of the things I know about them. And I believe that Tyler's key is in the belly of the mascot. Oh, as in the person inside. The person inside. Oh, wow, they've swallowed the key. Yes. Oh, oh dear. no. Oh, dear. No, no, that's... Can't get saved from that. Are they going to be okay though? It's in. It's. You've but then they, they're going to have to poop it, and yeah. then what do you do with it? Swallow it again? Yeah. Oh, they got to swallow their poop. <laughs> this is a horrible cycle. Sorry, Dave. I think okay, you misunderstood something there. They've got it in a little plastic baggie. <laughs> they poop it out, put it in a fresh plastic baggie, yeah. swallow it again. Right. And the plastic bag tastes delicious. Yeah, it's really nice. It's um, like it's like how um they make flavored condoms. This yeah. is like a oh, flavored yeah. baggie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why didn't we should just use a flavored condom? Oh yeah. But it's too late for that. We used to. Fl- we had to invent the a flavor bag. <laughs> swallowing it, so ooh, lightning! That's fun. That's fun, isn't it? That is fun. Can't it wait is for some thunder. Storming up a storm, would you believe outside? Hey, I would like to thank a couple more people from. Whoop, there it is. Whoop! That there thunder. It is. I'd like that, to dedicate that, that thunder. Dedicate that thunder to from Melbourne. They're probably hearing this right now. Jim Jam Flim Flam. Good <laughs> <laughs> night for a boy or a girl. <laughs> they look out the window and it's sunny, and they're like, "That's not what thundering." The hell? Almost like we recorded this ahead of time. Jim Jam Flim Flam uh, keeps the key in a jam flan. Oh. Oh, okay. So you got Baked in. Baked in. But what if people help themselves? Well, the thing is Jim Jam is in the big house. Okay. okay. So Jim Jam, a friend of Jim Jam Flim Flam has baked it into a jam flan and uh, delivered it to prison. Yeah. And that key is going to get Jim Jam out of the big And house. when they delivered it to Jim Jam, say, thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Jim Jam, thank you, ma'am, flim flam. Hey, Jim Jam, appreciate your support. And finally, I would like to thank, from a place that, honestly, I thought was used uh, as a comedy name, Fort Bragg oh, in California, good. Marshall Carr. Marshall Carr. Marshall Carr. Glove box. <laughs> I mean, it's brilliant. Because you can also lock the glove box these days. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm talking about? Perfect. Seen this? Heard about this? So Where you do you put another that key? key? Yeah. <laughs> An even bigger glove box. Yeah. Whoa. It's a series of glove boxes. What is a car if not a glove box? A Bushka glove box. You know what I mean? Exactly. And finally, the biggest keys inside a monster truck's glove box. Yeah, that's <laughs> sick. The whole car is in another <laughs> car's glove box. That's fantastic. Oh, thank you very much to Marshall, Jim Jam, Tyler, Mahima and Tom, Danny, Lucas, Garrett, Millie and Bo. The last thing we need to do... As the storm is really coming in. <laughs> it's funny when you listen to a podcast and people are talking about the weather and it's not coming through on the mics at all. This I one, feel like this, this is coming in. This one has to be. This is wild. I'm really thankful that I bought batteries to back up this uh, recorder because I reckon the power could go. <laughs> the, um, the last thing we like to do is thank or welcome a couple of people into our Triptych Club. These mm-hmm. are people who have been signed up to support us on the shout-out level or above for three straight years. And uh, they're welcomed into the club. I'm standing on the door. I've got the, the guest list ready. I'm going to read out your name. Once you go inside the club, Dave is on the stage, hyping you up. Jess is hyping Dave up. Jess, you've also got a, a cocktail normally ready? What, yeah. What? It's Irish. Yes. It is Guinness. Yes. Oh, yeah. And then, but it's got green food colouring in it, Ooh. like St. Patrick's Day. Love that. Green beer. Green beer. And then uh, we've got Irish food. We've got some soda bread. 
We got a beef stew. Soda bread's the bread you both liked. Oh, that was such nice. That was such yeah. great bread. I was thinking about <laughs> it recently. I remind you <laughs> every time you go, what the soda bread? That bread you had. You loved it. Um, so, yeah, Irish Irish delicacies today. Delicious. And they had, when we, because we stayed in Airbnb in Dublin and we arrived and they had the soda bread, but also a pot of jam and a pot of cream. Beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Just beautiful. What a spot. Jeez, that was, a, that was such a lovely spot to be. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. And Dave, you normally booked a band? Yes, and you're not going to believe it. Oh, my God, Dave. Oh, my goodness. Is it another crazy coincidence? I've been on fire. We've been talking about the Irish Crown Jewels. We've actually uh, booked by accident the Crown Jewel in Irish music. West Life. No, we <laughs> Can haven't. Can you believe it? Can you believe I it? I asked Dave two years ago. I said, Dave, book me West Life. And he suggested it's impossible. And here we, he's done it. Are they reunited? Is this Ronan Keating's band? Wow. No, this is Brian McFadden's band. Brian McFadden. He became very popular in Australia for some reason. Because he was dating Delta Goodrum. Yeah. Of course. So you're thinking of Boyzone. Oh. Common mistake. Often thinking of Boyzone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we've got two inductees this week. Dave, you ready to give them a big old hype as we welcome them in? There's only two. Three. Three, three I apologise. Three. Oh, so excited. Okay. And uh, that's a very good point, Jess. So, it would be weird to re-induct last week's inductees. Mm. So, uh, Dave, if you are ready, uh, I'd love to induct from, let's say, Mackens Beach in... Queensland, Australia. It's Dylan Burns. Oh, this guy's so hot. He burns. Yes. Hot, hot, hot. Oh. From Swindon in Great Britain. It's Christian Lincoln. Oh, Swindon. More like Wyndon. Yeah, because Christian's here. Yeah, yeah. Woo. From, finally, from Glasgow in Scotland, it's Alec Mungle. Glasgow on in. Yes, Glasgow on in. We love you, Alec. <laughs> Do Glasgow on Let's go on. (laughs) Jess has given me a strong no there. (laughs) Come on, mate. So welcome into the club, Alec, Christian and Dylan. Like I say, if you want to be involved in that, just sign up on the shout out level or above and wait three years. (laughs) We'll see you in three years time. Uh, It's the hottest ticket in town. Um, So that brings us to the end of the episode and the end of Dugon for the year. Yeah. Anything we need to tell people? Well, big news. We will be returning (gasps) in 2022. (gasps) James Bond, I mean, Dugon will return. I know you were a bit like, are they coming back? Yes, you can't get rid of us. We are very much in a habit now of doing this. Um, A happy habit from my point of view. We will see you next week uh, because we do not take breaks. Only the week do. (laughs) Unless we do one day down the track take like a break. Um, In which case, there's nothing wrong with taking breaks. Look after yourself. Taking a break out of power. Yeah, exactly right. Power Power break. break. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, as always, you can find us on social media at DoGoOnPod. You can email us at DoGoOnPod at gmail.com and you don't have to be a Patreon or, or, or support us in any financial way to suggest a topic. You can Anybody can do that. There's a link uh, in the show notes and also on our website so you can absolutely go do that. Tell us a cool story you want to hear more about. That'd be awesome. Yeah, so really that brings us to the end of the, the year of episodes. Dave, boot this baby home. What an absolute pleasure has been podcasting with you in 2021 and I hope to continue this tradition in 2022 but until then... Actually, Dave's contract has not been renewed. <laughs> oh, God, it hurts. There will be a new day. The podcast is going to be pretty shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gone from doing all the reports to none of the reports. <laughs> hey, I promise you I'll be back. I will uh, blackmail them into not letting me come back but until then, I will say thank you so much and goodbye! Happy New Year! Yeah, 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.